So we've been talking about money for the last two weeks. Uh, Jordan started us off on our series, Better to Give, or is, I like thinking of it as a question, is it really better to give? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. If Jordan did the what, okay, so he did kind of like, what do we mean when we talk about generosity? And he was saying it's not sporadic. It's not those times when you feel inspired by a really great speaker or guilted. It's not like, oh, I'm, I'm, all of a sudden I feel like I should give. It's not sporadic, spontaneous. That's not generosity. Generosity is more strategic. It's not, and it's also not about the amount of money. It's about the, the, the heart behind it and the strategicness of it. And so um, that was kind of the what. And I'm going to talk about the why today. And then next week I'm going to talk about the how. Not that I don't think you know how to be generous, but we're going to talk about some ideas that I think will lead us to um, kind of a, a deeper understanding of generosity. I see Samuel walking around up here. I'm going to hide this money. He took his gun, I know. He was very, he's very possessive of his Nerf guns. Okay, so people will do anything for money. That was the point up here on this stage. People really will do, I mean, if I just came up to you today and said, can I crack an egg on your head? Your response would be no, but you throw a game around it and put some money on the line. People will do anything. You can see all of these things that people would do, even, you know, I mean, some of this is terrible, right? I actually edited this list. There was worse things on here. It's crazy to me what people will do for money. Why? Why will we do things for money? Why would we do crazy things for money? We do crazy things for money because, honestly, we love money. And I know that as you sit here, you have a like, visceral reaction to me saying that. And you're like, no, I don't love money. Oh, Christian. Sorry, guys. Is it back? So when I talk about loving money, what I'm saying is that we, we have come to feel a, a number of things about it. We feel that we need it. We feel that it, it does good for us. We feel that it protects us. We feel that it makes us happy. And we feel that the more we have of it, the better it is. You know what we don't feel? Most people don't feel content. And so I would, I would ask you, like, if, I, if we were honest and we asked the question and said, how much more money would be enough? Because most of us are sitting in our life and we're like, if I only had, right? If I only had, like, 1% more, if I only had 5% more, if I only had 10% more, there's some number out there, you look at your life, you look at your expenses, and you think, if I could just get this much of a raise, if I could just find this much money, if I could just sock away this much money, then I would be fine, and, I, and, and the thinking is, and I wouldn't need more, and sometimes we try to wrangle God with that, we're like, God, if you just give me a 10% raise, I promise I won't ask for another one for a really long time. But we think if we, but the truth is that we never have enough, no matter what stage you're at with your finances, you always have that thought, don't you? I mean, we've all been there. When I was 20 years old, I was making less than half of what I'm making now. And I thought the exact same thoughts then that I think now. 
If I would have told my 20-something self what I'm making now, I would have thought, wow, I will save all of that. I will have so much margin. I will be so free. I will be so content. And the truth is, now I'm like, I need to find another side gig. I need to find another way to get some extra cash for this, you know, for shoes, for, uh, for glasses. For, there's nothing for me, right? All my kids, like they need shoes. They need glasses. They need new clothes. So, like both of my sons have grown two and a half feet in the last six months. So like all the summer clothes from last year, they look like toddler's clothes when they put them on. So I had to buy a whole new wardrobe. They eat everything, even stuff that's stale and old, they eat. And so I have to buy more of it. And, and, you know, we try to shop at the really cheap places, like the place where they charge you money to use the grocery cart. You've been there, right? That's where we go. So Aldi's, we like it there. We buy in bulk. I mean, we don't buy like, we don't buy like, you know, one bag of uh, Takis. We buy like 6,000 bags of Takis. And we think this will last us a month. And then by the end of the week, we're back at Costco again. I mean, this is why it feels like this pressure. And no matter where you are in life, there's always more. It's so hard to find contentment. And I want to talk about contentment today. See, the thing is, when we love it, we give it power. When we love money, when we, when we rely on money, when we need money, when we say, I just need a little bit more, I just need a little bit more, what we start to do is give money power over our lives. And instead of money being a tool that we use, we become a tool, right? Instead of money being something that serves us, we begin to serve it. This is why in the Bible, if you read the words of Jesus all through the New Testament, there's only one time that he compares anything else to God, and it's money, He says, you cannot serve two masters. And he doesn't say sex. He doesn't say power. He doesn't say fame. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. So I want to read to you. uh, Timothy was one of, uh, I love Timothy because he started following Jesus as a teenager. Um, He was one of Paul's earliest disciples, and Paul was one of the great apostles of the early church. And so Timothy um, found Jesus through Paul's testimony and through his mom's testimony, actually, ironically, since it's Mother's Day. And uh, he... This is a book that Paul wrote to Timothy because he left Timothy in charge of a church that was in some turmoil, okay? So he's writing to this probably 18, 19, 20-year-old guy who's been left in charge of a church in a town called Ephesus. And here's some things he's saying. He says, look, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And he's in the middle of a conversation about wealth. And he's saying, listen, what we want to strive for is not wealth. We want to strive for contentment. And if we can find contentment, then we will have found wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. What is he saying? Saying, listen, this idea that you're, it's your money, that it's your stuff, that you earned it, it's an illusion. And I'm going to push on that a little bit more as we go. And it's hard to think about because we work hard, don't we? And, and, and a lot of times we're not like, I'm not working hard for the fun of it. You know, I mean, like, I'm working hard because I'm going to get a paycheck because it's good for my family, because it's going to provide, because we're going to get to do something fun. He's saying, listen, let's be honest. If you were to die right now, how much of that money, how much of that savings account, how much of those cars, how much of that house are you going to take with you? Money's not eternal. Relationships are eternal. Love is eternal. Sharing the faith of Jesus Christ with other people is eternal, but money and possessions are not. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. This this could be like 
a sentence that you could say in America and everyone would laugh at. Like, there's no such thing as enough. Is there? Have you ever watched TV? (laughs) There's no such thing as enough. I have two cars that work, but every time I watch basketball, because I watch a lot of basketball right now, there's talking about this next car that I need. And I'm, and I look at them and I think, man, that does look cool. Like, I want a car that drives by itself and talks to me the whole time. Like, that sounds amazing. You know, you go on family vacations and you can just sit in the back with the kids and watch movies. I'm always so jealous of the kids watching movies and I'm just up there driving. You know, anybody with me on that? No? Okay. If we had enough, we'd be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. This is a cautionary sentence for America, for us. We long to be rich. We can fall into the temptation of being trapped by our riches. This is what I talked about is when we're not content, we give money power over us for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. This is why we played that game in the beginning, to show how I could lead these three young men into sin so easily (laughs) for just the love of money. But it's true, the love of money. So it didn't say that money is the root of all kinds of evil, and it doesn't say that love money is the root of every kind of evil, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Think about all kinds of evil. This is this is greed. This is selfishness. But it's also things that we do for money. I mean, maybe, you know, no one in this room, I'm sure, but people do, like, cheat, right? People cheat. People lie. People steal. People are mean to other people or take advantage of other people so that they can get ahead. People break rules to get more money. People do all sorts of evil for the love of money. I don't think we could disagree with that. And the more money, the greater the evil. Doesn't it seem... The love of money is the root of all. And some people craving money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And I just think like if we were honest and we talked, we could talk about debt. We could talk about the weight of debt. And so I want to just pause real quick and tell you, I am not an expert. And I actually sat in our strategy meeting talking about how, how, you know, I don't even feel qualified to talk about this. Now, I do believe that Mandy and I are you know, we, we are generous, but, I, but we're not the, I don't think that we're the model for how to do money. Like, I often feel like we need more, and I have struggled with debt in my life, you know, and, and, and it's frustrating to me. I hate, I hate having a credit card bill. Like, credit cards are so frustrating because you think that you need something, right? And then, and then so, the, so then you buy it, and you think, I'll pay for this later, but then the next month comes and you, and you think you need something else and so you don't and then you start paying for the money. Have you ever paid a credit card bill and realized that half the money you're paying isn't even the money that you owed? I hate that. Right? Some of us craving money or you could say stuff or, or prestige or whatever. We've, we've bought too big of a house. We've bought too nice of a car. We bought, you know, well, there's no such thing as too much food. But, you know, whatever. Uh, things that you've done and you've pierced yourselves. So I want to just be honest with you. Like I, I am coming at this as a person who is struggling with this in my life. And I'm not, I'm not an expert. I'm not someone who would say, like, let me tell you how it's done. All right, I, I am needing wisdom and faith and, and, I, and counsel in this area of my life too. So here, here's, how, here's why we love money. Number one, because we think we own it. We talked about this a little bit. right? We think that our money is ours. And, and I want to just challenge that concept 
Okay, what if, what if we started to think of our money as God's instead of ours? So we're gonna go there. We love it because we think we're entitled to it. This is huge in America. I work hard, so I deserve this money. And secondarily, I deserve to spend it how I wanna spend it. This is why what Americans do and what we do, what I do is we consume. We think because we get it, we can consume it. Because I get it, I can consume it. Because I get it, I can consume it. And then at the end of the month, we're like, how come I, you know, this is where when you see something you'd like to be generous with, and you're like, man, I wish I could give to that, but I don't have enough. I wish I could sow into that thing, but I don't have enough because I'm entitled to spend it however I want to. See, what we do is we consume and we save if there's any leftover, and we give if there's any leftover after that. What we want to talk about this week and next week is flipping that. What if we gave, saved, and lived on the rest? What if we were generous, responsible, and lived on the rest? I'm speaking to myself just as much as to you. But we think we're entitled to it. Let me tell you, I was, um, a couple years ago, uh, I moved into, we moved into a new house, and, um, and it was, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I needed right? Need and want are weird, aren't they? Where's the line? But I needed a riding lawnmower. <laughs> it would take a long time. It has a big hill for a push mower. It could be done. But, uh, and so my father-in-law was really nice. He gifted us a riding lawnmower, brand new, red, shiny, beautiful. So you have to understand, riding lawnmowers, when I was a kid, I used to go in my dad's garage and sit on his riding lawnmower before I was old enough to drive it. And I would just pretend. I don't know if you're like that. Anybody else is excited about riding lawnmowers? I love riding lawnmowers. And so after the first year, I was like, man, next year I'm going to save up and buy myself a bag because my wife, she doesn't like, you know, the grass clippings and the kids and the feet and the house, right? So next year came around and I hadn't saved any money for it. And I went looking at them and I, and I, went, I was looking on Craigslist. I was trying to get a cheap one, but there was this $300 one at Home Depot that I just wanted and I, didn't, I couldn't afford it. And I prayed about it. And I knew I shouldn't buy it. So I'm just telling you, this is how good of a Christian I am, right? And I was like, yep, shouldn't get it, can't afford it. Honey, I'm going to Home Depot. And I bought that thing and I stuck it on there and I love it. But every time that I take it off, it's starting to rip now. And I'm like, oh no, we're going to have this whole crisis again. But, you know, I put it on my credit card because I felt like, you know what? I'm, I was 38 at the time, like I'm almost 40. I deserve to have a bag on my stupid lawnmower. Right? We just bought it. We just got a, a car. I've been driving this car for, for years. It was a, it was a, not, you know, you know the year? Cause you drive it now, Sayla. It was a 90 something toy, uh, Honda Civic that was a piece of junk and the ceiling was coming off and it would like, when you move the visor, little bits of dust would fall into your eyes and then you couldn't see while you're driving. Uh, it had dents on both sides and, 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 and so, I decided it was time to upgrade. And so I went and I got a car. Like I got, I got not a new car, but not a like 1990 car. And I remember being in the lot and looking at some cars and thinking, well, I could get this car for a couple thousand dollars, but it's basically just the Civic all over again. Like I, I was embarrassed to pick up friends. These are things that I struggle with. Like I have a very wealthy friend that I had to pick up at a soccer game one day and it was in the Civic. And I was like, yes, I am, I am this guy. And, and to boot, it was filled with stuff for a youth ministry game we were playing that night. So I was like, oh, sorry. I was like, get these uh, pool noodles and weird things out of the way. What are you doing? I was just playing with teenagers. It's okay. Like, get in my, 
ugly car. I felt entitled, like I'm 40 years old, I should have a nice car, shouldn't I? Don't I deserve that? It's a trick question. Okay, we think it protects us. But the truth is, money isn't security. How many people know that? Anybody who's lived through any sort of recession knows it, right? I invested $50,000 in this house that I bought when we moved into Maryland about 15 years ago. I bought a townhouse pretty soon after we got married. It skyrocketed in value. We sold it and bought a house. I put all that money in there. Guess how much money I got when we moved out? I paid 1000 to get out. Lost it all. I mean, money isn't security. Your job isn't security. What, where, this is where we cross the line. We think we own it and we're entitled to do what we want to with it and we think that it protects us. Let's think of a different way. What if we started to give like we didn't love our money? What if we started to give like we didn't own our money, like we weren't entitled to our money? Like money wasn't the thing that protected us. See, when we think we own it and it protects us and we're entitled to it, we hold on to it. We hold on to it. We hear about people in need and we're like, but I'm, I'm in need. I'm in need of a newer car. You might need food, but I need a lawnmower bag, right? We hold on to it. What if we gave like we didn't love our money? What if we gave like we loved other people more than we loved our money? What if we gave like we owned our money instead of it owning us? I think it could change our lives. I want to read you one more part of this, okay? This is is great. I forgot this was on here. This is in Proverbs. It says, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly give and don't hold back. Can we be a people who give and don't hold back? So Timothy, Paul continues talking to Timothy. He says, listen, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money which is so unreliable, which we talked about, right? Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Their trust should be in God. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. And by doing this, and this is the whole theme of the Bible, they will store up treasure in heaven, not on earth. Because the treasure you store up in heaven, you can take with you. Yeah? That's like an amen spot right there. Amen. Like, amen. There you go. All right. You can't. The, 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 the treasure you store up on earth, you can't take with you. So what if we gave like we didn't love our money? Next week, we're going to talk about giving first as one way that we can give like we don't love our money. It's going to be challenging. It's radical. I'm telling you. Instead of consuming because we're entitled to it, saving because we kind of feel guilty, giving if there's any left over. We're going we're gonna to give first. We're going to learn to give out of priority. We're going to learn to give out of passion, things that we care about. And then we're going to save, and then we're going to learn to live on the rest. It sounds a lot easier than it is. I, I still don't have it figured out. To be totally honest with you, I think what my wife and I do is we give, and then we live and then we're like, oh crap, there's nothing to save. That's just to be totally honest. That's where I am right now. We need to work on that. But it's the give, live, oh crap model, which I don't recommend. Um, so give, give like you don't love your money. I would love for this phrase to get stuck in your head and for you to start looking at your finances. Like what I'm asking you to do this month is just not, we're, really, this, there's not going to be like a, a, a hard sell next week to give to like a specific thing. Do you understand? Like we're talking about a lifestyle of generosity. What I want you to do 
is prayerfully reconsider your finances. That's a lot. Did someone say no? That was awesome. Guys, she just vocalized what the rest of you are feeling right now. Can I tell you, I feel the same way. I don't want to sit down and look at my money. You know what I want to do a lot of times? It's like, it's like, um, it's like, I, I shared this in our midweek refresher. I don't, I don't know if you guys watched it or not, but um, like I was in a car accident one time and, and, and as soon as the car stopped and everything settled, I had this moment where I, I was like, I have to look at, I have to look around like, and look at my body and see if I'm okay and look at Mandy. And I didn't want to look. I feel the same way. I think we're the same way about finances. It's like, man, I don't want to look. There might be some really ugly stuff there. I don't want to see. I don't want to deal with it. But see, here's the thing. God is so good because we can start small. And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about giving first and starting small next week. You don't want to miss next week, okay? So give like you don't love your money. So here's three ways we can do it. Listen, if we could learn to see ourselves as stewards instead of owners, it will change your life. If you don't remember, if you don't listen to anything I'm saying, listen, this doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. If you're here today and you don't believe in Jesus, this still helps you right here. Okay, so you don't have to believe all the Bible stuff that we read. That's fine. And by the way, we're glad you're here. City Light is built for people like you. We want you to be part of our community. Here's some things that work no matter whether you're a Christian or not. And worship team, you guys can come on up. So if you start to view your money as God's money that is given to you, all right, or if you're not a Christian, just as you're stewarding someone else's resources, just go with me on this, all right? It's so much easier to give away someone else's stuff. Have you ever tried it? All right, so I have a budget. I work as the national youth leader for the Vineyard Movement, and I have a budget, and I am so generous. I really am. Like, I'm like, hey, you, you need to be at that conference. They're like, I don't know. I, I'll buy your plane ticket, right? I'll get you a hotel room. I am so generous with other people's money. I, we're not recording that part, just so you know, okay? No, I'm supposed to be. But it's so much harder to be generous with my money. Somebody gave us a $50 gift card to thank us for leading small group in our home. And Mandy, because uh, she's Mandy, she was like, oh, we're going to give this to somebody. I had owned that for 10 seconds. And I was like, no, $50. It was a gift card. We can go out to eat. That's my favorite thing in the world. Why are you going to give this away? It was literally not mine 10 seconds before. That's what ownership does to us. But if you were like, hey, here's a gift card, give it to somebody. Stewardship changes everything. You're a steward to give. You're a steward to save. You're a steward to take care of your family. You're a steward to work hard. Does that make sense? Entitlement or gratitude. See, if you shift from entitlement to I deserve this to I have been given this, it changes your heart. I'm so grateful for that 92 Honda Civic. So grateful when that stuff falls from the ceiling and gets in my eyes. Thank you, Jesus. I gave it to my niece, Sayla, and she was smart enough to rip all the stuff off of the visor so she doesn't deal with that part. I was very impressed. She's had it for like a year. It took me 10 years. I never figured that out. But if you can move from entitlement to gratitude, it's, this goes hand in hand with stewardship. God is giving you resources. Because you can't take it anyway. Remember, you didn't bring it into this world and you can't take it with you. It is not yours. I know you work hard. That's good. But how can you work hard? Because God's gifted you. God's given you the ability. It is God's grace that you're sitting here. It's God's grace that you're breathing. Right? Amen. 
So God has given me, this is when I am paid every month, the first thing I do is I give money to the church because that's, and I don't care. I mean, I do care about the church, but it's not that I'm giving to the church. What I'm doing is I'm saying, God, you've given me this. Here's what I'm giving back to you to recognize. And now I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to budget. I'm going to live on a budget. I'm going to be generous. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that you have given me this. God, thank you. Thank you that you've trusted me with this. Thank you to, that to those who are faithful and little, you will trust with more. It's, it's a true thing. And you can move from then, you can move from insecurity to security because this is what's so great. Once you don't own it and you don't feel like you deserve it, then you don't trust in it to protect you anymore. And God provides for you instead of you provide for you. God provides for you instead of money provides for you. God keeps you safe instead of money keeps you safe. That's why God said you can't serve two masters, God or money. You with me on this? I know it's a, I know it's a lot. I, I think it's radical, actually. What if we gave like we didn't own, like we didn't deserve, like we didn't depend on our money? What if we gave like it was God's money? What if we gave? That's why God says he loves a cheerful giver, because I think a cheerful giver gets it. What if we gave like we don't love our money? All right, so we're going to sing a song to end here. And there's a couple things I want to tell you about. Um, during this song, we always have a time of reflection at the end. So you can sing along if you'd like to sing. You can go get prayer. So we have people over on the wall who are happy to pray for you. You can get prayer for your finances. God cares about your finances. Listen, no one's, no one's got it all together here, right? You can get prayer for your finances. You can get prayer if you feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm in bondage to loving money and stuff and possessions, materialism. You can also get prayer if you're here today and you're feeling a need for healing in your life. We would love to pray for you. So let's stand together. And we're going to sing our final song here. Head over to the wall if you would like prayer. And newcomers, don't forget to take your card and drop it off at the welcome station and grab a gift.